Welcome to episode 119 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharply. Hello. And Matt Casal. Hey, what's up? It is Monday night, August 31st, and tonight we are breaking out the Dealy Cheely Wheelie. For those those uninitiated, that is the Dealer's Choice Wheel, where we reach out to the McSauce fans and ask, what do you want us to talk about? Questions, topics, whatever you want. We're game. We took your questions over the last couple days. We've put them on the dealer's choice wheel tonight. We're going to spin it. Whatever questions we land on, that's what we're talking about. But before we get down to all the fun shenanigans we're going to have tonight, housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. If you go to mcsauce.com... More energy. More energy. I didn't do all that for nothing. You came with all the bravado, all the energy, all the excitement, and now I'm going to lay it down for the people, give them the facts. We're gonna, this, is, this is the breakdown, if you were in concert. That's all. I'm, I'm going to do my best common impersonation here. and uh, you know. You're not that silly. Let's put it out to McSauce Nation. <laughs> if we were going to cast the McSauce movie, Paul thinks that Common would be able to play me. I think Common has a side we haven't seen yet. He's just waiting for a key comedic role to break out. And you're, you think that I'm not that silly, which I take offense to, because I think that's all I do on this show is be a silly asshole. So it's strange that my, my contribution is ignored. Yeah, but I don't think you're as silly as me, and I, you're not as whatever Matt is. You really don't play hey, what I am I? I? Yeah, what, yeah, what is Matt? I don't know. What You said it. You're your own know. brand of stuff. I like that. Right? What does that mean? You're a unique individual. What is that, Latin I for asshole? I, I would challenge McSauce Nation to go back in the archives. Go to McSauce Podcast at Libsyn.com. Go to the iTunes store. Go to Stitcher Radio. Listen to the old episodes. Listen to the new episodes. Am I silly? I think I'm kind of silly. So, well, maybe we'll even put a poll out there. Who would you like to play the McSauce comic book podcast characters in a film, in a feature film? So we'll put that up there, and you can go to the Facebook page, give us your feedback, just like you did today to help us out with the Dealy Wheely Cheely questions. So, McSauce.com, go to Facebook page, hook us up, check out the archives, iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, all the different ways you can listen to the show. That's a lot of options. A lot of options. We like to give people options. So really, you have no excuse. We've covered every possible angle. Oh, I don't have Apple, iTunes, can't do it. We got you covered. Every time I think that we're we're on everything that we could possibly be on, somebody hits me up on Twitter or Facebook and says, "How come you guys aren't on fucking Pod Demon?" Or you know what? Then stop listening to obscure ass Pod Demon and get on fucking iTunes. Okay? It's two thousand fucking fifteen. Get off Pod Demon. How come you it's aren't funny on? Because I was gonna say. You know what happens the next day? We're on Pod Demon. But Paul's like, fuck you! Fuck you and your stupid shitty Pod Demon. You come over here to Apple iTunes, bitch. 
Corporate America, yes. Trump for life. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so yeah, we would love to hear from the fans. Just don't tell us to be on Pod Demon. And I just made Pod Demon up, by the way. I don't We're think that's a real thing. Pod Demon. Oh, we should make Pod, Pod Demon. Accident. Yeah. Paul Demon. Paul Demon. <laughs> so tonight, after Paul's done jamming out to whatever the fuck you're listening to. Star Wars thing. It was an accident. That didn't sound like Star Wars. It was totally Star Wars. Hmm. Tonight we're going to spin the wheel. We're going to answer some questions, some burning questions that people have wanted to, they wanted to hear our opinion on. And we have, it looks like we have about six different questions here. The first question comes from big fan, Jason Kumpf-Miller. Woo! Jason Kumpf-Miller. Never heard of him. His first qu- his question is, his first question, because he has two, which real-life couple would you pay the most money to watch have sex? And let's just clarify, we got hundreds of submissions. We can we, only, we, we have an hour-long show. We right. can only tackle a handful. Right, so we picked the best ones. So thank you for the hundreds of uh, listeners out there that submitted questions. Um, Keep submitting. We're going to do the Dealy Wheely Chili again. So, But these are the best ones um, that we feel you, the fans, are going to really, really like. We had to employ an intern to sift through all of the different questions, all the submissions. That was was a a really good idea on Paul's part to hire that intern. And Lee DePiro of Gearbox Union sat for hours pouring through these questions for us. So thank you, Lee. Of Gearbox Union, McSauce intern extraordinaire. Thanks a lot, buddy. Yep. Lots of clapping tonight. Jason Kumpfmiller surprisingly rose to the top and had a second question selected by Lee. Which movies or TV shows do you wish were in a shared universe? The next question from another big fan, Teresa Barker. School teacher, she says, in honor of my back-to-school students, many of the tweens that inhabit my school wear superhero and comic garb, but they, but they only know the movies and the toys. Do you think that they are getting a good idea of the characters from the big screen? Are you okay, Paul? It's going to be a good one to answer. I can't wait to answer that one. All right. Justin Carr, who has sat on this podcast and always helps out with ideas for shows, asks, if the afterlife represented a universe that was created in this life, be it novels, comic books, or films, which world would you be reborn in after leaving this one? That's a pretty good one. It's a great one. Justin always gives us great Great questions to think about. Sometimes we build entire shows on the uh, submissions. So you two fans can have uh, a whole show built if it's a good enough question. We'll, we'll take time. I will take an, an hour and 15 minutes out of our days. <laughs> Are you saying that, uh, that Justin routinely beats out about 100 other McSauce fans? 100 is, that's that's being, that's a low bar, I think. Maybe 1,000. Is it closer to a thousand? I I think it was. We'll have to ask Lee. I just haven't seen the numbers in a while. Yeah. Ask Lee. Yeah, Lee. Tweet Lee. If you fans want to know, tweet him. Add Gearbox Union. (laughs) 
Jody from That Old Comic Smell, a fellow podcaster, lover of comic books and wrestling, asks, if you could live anywhere in the DC or Marvel Universe, where would you choose to live? And another big fan of the show, Janine, asks... For us to choose our side in the Civil War, the Marvel Civil War, Captain America, Iron Man, or are you on the side of superhero registration, or do you want them to roam the countryside freely? Unchecked. So those are the questions that we have for tonight. And without further ado, I think that we should probably spin the wheel. If we're all ready. Who wants to spin first? Ian. All right, spin! Look, spin! Wait! Oh, I thought we were going to chant spin. Wait, oh, are we all doing it? Doing? Are we doing it? Spin. 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 She wants to know if the the youngsters are getting a good idea of what the characters are all about from the movies and the toys, or is it kind of disingenuous? I guess at the core they're getting who these characters are because that's what it's all about. You know, the Marvel... Studios has done such a good job distilling these characters to who they are. You know who Tony who Tony Stark is. You know who Tony Stark is. <laughs> He's the cartoon version of Tony Stark. <laughs> He's that Looney Tunes crossover. We're tiny. We're Tony. <laughs> I swear he was on Animaniacs. <laughs> Maybe you are the goofy one. Holy fuck. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I, you get you know who Tony Stark is. You know what he what his shtick is, what he does, but you don't get a lot of the nuance in the movies. Like he's a damn dirty drunk. Because you can't is, do that in a Disney film. That he is a straight up a womanizer. <clears throat> he's kind of a douche. Like Tony Stark's not someone that you want to look up to. And that's that's one example of what you're missing. If you if you just know Tony Stark as Robert Downey Jr. But like you said, they distill it down the core of the character. Everybody kind of gets his struggle, his personality, those types of things. <sighs> he doesn't even really have a struggle in the movies, though. He does for a minute when he's like, "Oh, this shit's gonna hit my heart," and then he's like, "Oh, I fixed it." No, but then oh, it was not the, great. And then in the second movie, it was poisoning him. And he did a little... Well, he got a little drunk. He got a little loose. Had a, a little fight with Rhodey at the party. Yeah. yeah. But the whole, the whole second one was all about... PTSD. No. The, him poisoning himself. Oh, the third I, sorry, one was... I, I, I meant the third Yeah, one. the third one was yeah. about PTSD. So he's, he has some struggles. He's fucking Iron Man, though. He gets over that shit pretty quick. But he still has obstacles to overcome. And the same kind of ones that haunt him in the comic books just not just not the boozing what do you guys think well I just said what I thought well well, not just about Tony but it's just about superheroes in general and 
mass media. Well, I would say that the, the younger fans, if they're strictly going off of the off of the movies, that's not a fair representation of the characters because the movies typically are amalgams of um, certain storylines from the comics. They're not the real storylines. They're these chopped together, edited sort of versions of it instead. Um, and I think you miss a lot of the nuance in the in the characters because they're so streamlined to fit a massive story in a two-hour film. Um, it, as opposed to, like, you know, if they really made, like, let's say, for example, um, The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight Rises. That's kind of a mix between Nightfall and No Man's Land from Batman. Two yeah. incredibly robust stories that have lots of great stuff in them, but mm, mashed together maybe didn't make for the best story that they could have told. Um, you know, I happen to really like that movie, but I know that it's a really uh, derisive movie where some people hate it and think it's terrible. Derisive? Is it derisive? Did you mean divisive? Divisive? Derisive meaning that it's hated. Is that not correct? Derisive. Derisive, not derisive. Correct. But I still spelled it right. Right. <laughs> For that, your spelling was tight. For the new fans, McSauce Grammar Podcast. <laughs> no, I want to get this right. I want to be able to speak intelligently. If I'm I saying it wrong. I thought divisive. Is divisive? Divisive is... Wait, 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 wait. Why are Divisive we... We can't is... do this. No, no. Stop it. We're done with that. Divisive is Man of Steel. It divided the audience. And that's what he's trying to say about this storyline. I don't think he is. It divide. There are people on one side that hate it and people on the other side that like it. Is that correct, Matt? Is that what you're trying to say? No, not exactly. I'm saying that there, I was just more or less pointing not out... Not that derision, ridicule... Or mockery. Reviled? Derision? Der I said derisive. Which is taken from derision. Okay. Oh, I'm Divisive so, I'm is... so sorry, fans. I can hear you. I can hear you going to all your thousands of said, other options. This episode brought to you by dictionary.com. That's where I am right now. Jesus Now, I, I just want to clear this up because I know the fans want to know at this point. Oh, you know, we've made an issue out of it. I can't take Divis it. Divisive? Or divisive, we don't know which one is it. Okay, let's let's let dictionary.com tell us. Divisive. I'm pretty sure divisive. I said divisive. That can't be right. Divisive. Wait, let me turn really? that up for you. Let's just see here. Divisive. Because it's dividing, right? Why are we doing this? Oh my god! So derisive. Did I, yes, that's what I meant. Um, you said derisive. I said derisive. Derisive. Oh, so I was right twice, and Paul's wrong twice. So let's move on with the show. I do like that, so yes. <laughs> See, that's something Colin would say. Would he? He absolutely Have you would watched say that. Framework at all? You don't know what Common would say. He's got depth. Oh, so you're saying I'm deep. I like it. I like it too. Let's continue the show. Uh, well, okay, so I believe that The Dark Knight Rises was a, should I say, derisive film, mm. where it was not completely across the board, so it was also divisive, Ian, <laughs> but it was on the one side of the, uh. of the, 
uh, division, it was fucking love grammar, <laughs> grammar comedy. <laughs> I'm tweaking. I can't take it. Please make your point. Oh, oh. this is great. Tweaking. Tweaking. Wait, I need to look that up. Hold on. <laughs> Go to Urban <laughs> Dictionary. Yeah, I think it's twinking. <laughs> I think is it, or is it twerking? I'm twerking over here. <laughs> uh, okay. So anyway, the point is, some people hated the Dark Knight uh, Rises. Maybe that was because it kind of blended the stories together from classic comic books. Whereas, if you read those comic books in and of themselves, I think most people would just like them. I don't think they would be so divisive. I think that people didn't like how little Batman was in that film. I think that's a major point other people didn't like that batman quit because he had a broken heart <laughs> other people didn't like that paul is <laughs> just listening to music while we're trying to podcast what's wrong with you so so anyway this is the least professional show we've ever had 119 episodes this is the least professional. We have all those new fans that right. we met over the past couple weekends from the different cons that we went to, and they're like, I'm going to check out this McSauce podcast. First, they're laughing like a hyenas, then they're arguing over grammar. Hopefully, our Time to fans... listen to my fantasy football podcast instead oh, of this bullshit. Get out of here. I didn't laugh like a hyena. I snorted trying to keep it contained. <laughs> Hopefully, our new fans aren't very good with grammar, and then they find this show useful. You're welcome. So, ultimately, no. These kids that are running around with their These kids Iron today. Man, Captain America backpacks, because Marvel's so cool, they don't really know who these characters are. I disagree. I think for... Uh, of course he does. Wait, no. What I do is like, oh, you know, whatever. No, I, I disagree with what you're saying. I think they get the core of the characters. It might not be the entire story that we know that we've read for years and years and years, but they know who Captain America is, they know who Tony Stark is, they know the main themes of these characters, they know who fucking Batman is and Spider-Man, and, and distilled down, like you said, to the core of that character, most of the time they get it right, and you can get an idea of what that character is to get a more in-depth journey with them. You have to go to the comic book store, do the research, find the greatest hits of you know, the, the stories that we all love. I don't know if they're doing that, but they still know who the basic premise of these characters are. Ian, can you repeat the, the question again? I, I, I actually sort of like lost track of what the actual do, question is. Do they think that, do you think that these kids are getting a good idea of the who the characters are from the big screen? A good idea, not yes. an exact representation, but a yes. good idea. Yes, I do. I think you answered correctly, Ian. But man, they're missing out on so many um, details and and like important parts that that truly make up the character. They're getting like such a uh, like a Cliff's Notes version of it. You know, like I could read, um, I don't know, War and Peace. I maybe I actually I probably couldn't read it, but theoretically I could read it. Um, or I could read the Cliff's Notes version, but I'm still gonna get the story both ways. But how much shit am I gonna not 
like get if I don't read the actual book, the whole thing. The thing that sticks with me is whenever the movies get it wrong. There's that Fantastic idea. Four. Oh, you're just piling on now. <laughs> I think we all agree. You that know what's they funny about the Fantastic Four? Not to not to deviate too severely here because we've talked it to death, but I believe that the hate for that movie, the the derision, if you will, is is becoming more and more pronounced every single week since it came out. At first, you know, we all gave it essentially very very middle of the road type of scores fours and fives basically it wasn't a one or a two like let's be clear about that that's not it's not fair to say this is the biggest piece of shit of all time it was not good but it was it doesn't deserve the the hate that it's getting what had a really good first act and those the actors that they chose they're not bad like that wasn't the problem there were story things, and then the end act, the third act, was right, just yeah. Frankenstein together. Right. But the first section of it was actually pretty good, and I'd be interested to see where that story would have went. I'm just saying that, you know, we keep, everyone keeps, like, jumping to the Fantastic Four as the, the shining beacon of shittiness when it comes to superhero movies. And I don't know if that's just because it's the latest and greatest, but I, I feel like it's it's becoming a pile-on type of thing. Well, I think what's helping that is because there's nothing else to hate or love in this space right now. What that's other true. movies have come out to take attention away from the Fantastic Four? None. So everybody's just kind of focusing really good point. in on this and like, wow, let's kick the shit out of this for another week. What is coming out that we can look forward to? Just off the top of your head, does anybody know anything? In it, the next couple of weeks? Like is that what you're saying? September. Maybe through, through September. September. Jeez, oh man. Off the top of my head, I don't really know. It feels kind of I feel like empty. there's a new Rocky coming out or whatever. Well, not Creed. Not, Creed. Yeah, not soon, though. Isn't, Isn't it September that, or it, did I get that wrong? I, I don't I'm think sure so. Not. It comes out. All right. Well, fans, if you want to find out the answer, google.com. I'm trying to think. Not nothing else. I mean, the the big box office winner recently was straight out of Compton, which is completely different. Doesn't really fit into the people that are beating up the Fantastic Four all that right, much. Right. So I think until the next great thing comes out and hits the screen, we're gonna keep beating that into the dirt. Yeah, so yeah. so that was. Um, thank you, Teresa, for that question. And thanks, um, Teresa. I hope everybody learned something. You're a teacher, Teresa. We taught some people some grammar tonight, so... Kind of did. Why don't we spin... Can I spin it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. do you do you want to spin it? Yeah, yeah. All there right, man. The wind, the way it's blowing into the microphone from the hard it's spin. It's real. It's really weird. Kumpf's second question. Who? Kumpf. Jason Kumpf Miller. Jason Kumpf Miller. Which movies or TV shows do you wish were in a shared universe? Does it have Should to be? Should we group answer this? Does it have I to don't be? think it would be the same answer though, right? I know. Well, I'm saying as a group we can come up with like this crazy shared universe. Sure. I'm going to take... I'm going to take an off-road of Kump's question. Okay. And extend this to books. Okay. And my ideal answer would be seeing 
placing the supernatural universe in with the Stephen King universe. Ah, that's a great answer, man. I like that. That way I get to see all my classic Stephen King baddies go up against the Winchesters. That's a pretty good answer. With a little like Castiel that. and Crowley for a little added spice. Who doesn't want to see Sam and Dean face down Pennywise? Is Supernatural watchable anymore? Yes. Are you just saying <clears throat> that because you're saying that? No, I am not an unbiased fanboy. Supernatural from seasons 6 to 10 was pretty bad. Yeah. And I just watched it. Well, 6 to eight and a half, nine, pretty bad. I just watched it out of loyalty. But once they got to season 10, then they found renewed life. Everything kind of kicked back into gear. Explain how, why. What, like, I think that if you enjoyed the first five seasons of that show, you liked the first season because it was the, you know, the monster of the week, little mini horror movies. The next two seasons were very personal on this, like, intense journey to find the yellow-eyed demon. Um, you know, the introduction of Castiel was really exciting. But then it started to lose its way. How did it regain its footing? What happened? Well, it was only supposed to go five seasons. That was the arc. But okay. it kept doing so well for the CW. Right. It didn't make any sense to, to end it. Okay. So at the end of season... I, I guess season... <clears throat> the end of season five, Dean dies. Or Sam dies. And Dean goes off and he winds up, you know, meeting Lisa and Ben and living a life all his own. He sees Sam... Yeah, you know, watching them through through the window on the street, and that's yeah. supposed to be the end. Yeah, and then they were like, "Oh fuck, we're doing really good. We better keep going." And then that's when they were like, "Oh, what do we do? Oh, we'll do all this weird stuff, and we'll try to bring this stuff in." And they it felt like they were just kind of cobbling it together. There's some classic episodes in that time, but now I feel like they're really back on a defined path. You know, it's 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 Sam and Dean Crowley. And Castiel. Those are your main four. And they have definitive lines of character development for each one of those characters. Is Crowley a villain still, or is he a good guy now? He goes back and forth. That's the brilliance of Crowley. Oh, how nice. Like, pro wrestling. Right. <laughs> but it's, 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 never, it's never put on, like, pro wrestling. Sorry, Grimace and that old comic smell. It it works. It just it just works again. There's a there's a different kind of swagger that the show has now that they've crested season four or season ten. A really cool thing that they're doing is that they've since they've been on for ten seasons now, ten years. Yeah, ten I know. I real time years. <laughs> they can go back and revisit characters who were kids in the first season. Yeah. And see where they're at ten years later. Uh-huh. So there's a couple episodes where you meet the kid who Sam and Dean killed their dad and the guy thinks well these guys just broke into my house they killed my dad not knowing that my dad was a vampire and he was going to kill me anyway but now he's going after the guys that killed their dad and then he gets opened up to this whole new world once he realizes why Sam and Dean were doing it it's pretty cool and there's all kinds of little touches like that in the show now and the show's really become self-aware it can have a sort of musical episode 
It can have... It's been doing that for it years It can have now. an episode where they it, can go to a supernatural convention. Like, they folded yeah, everything that happened. Itself. That happened, like, around season five. It's working. I don't think you'll like it, because you're so... You have such a hard-on for the first season. But... Well, it I is think the best. A, I don't think it is the best. It's good. It's a good kickoff for everything else. But it's not the best season. I always like the fourth season when they were, you know, racing against Armageddon and that was the natural end to that series. Right. And it was written as such. It and after you fight the devil and the Grim Reaper. There's nowhere to go. Exactly. So they've been cobbling it kind of together. I've been watching it and I still enjoy it because I love those characters. They're great characters, but I feel like the show survived in spite of um, the storyline based on the strength of the characters. Um you know, I, I like the second and third seasons immensely as well. It wasn't just the first season, but um, I don't know. But <clears throat> it works best when it's scary, and it was never scarier than it was in the first season. See, I don't think I don't think the scare factor is important at all. It's about the brothers. It's about Sam and Dean. It's about who they are and their interaction. And one misstep that they keep doing over and over again is they keep putting them against each other. Someone's always hiding something from the other, keeping something from the other. That's not how brothers work, right? Like that's how it goes. That show is best when it's Sam and Dean against the world. Right. Okay. Well, okay, D- does that answer Comp's question then? Yeah, Supernatural, Stephen King universe. That's a pretty fucking good answer, man. Like I I don't have a better one than that. You don't want to take a stab at it sharply? I mean, the one that we've talked about before is um, the He-Man and Thundercats universe. And I would also throw the Silver Hawks in there. I feel like those are all they kind fits, of things that would I, be... I feel like they would fit so seamlessly together. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And you kind of have some outer space stuff with the Thundercats that could meet up with some of the Silver Hawks. And some of the different, uh, you know, the planets that they go to, Mumra and Crashland Mo- on Eternia. Mumra and Monstar are kind. Of, well, they're the exact same character, right. <laughs> but like I, I like those properties a whole lot. So I would throw those two. You know what? Fuck it. Put Brave Star in there. Oh too. shit! Brave Star was always that's a cool. throwback. Yeah. So I think that that would that would be my combination. Some. Some '80s cartoon goodness. Matt, did you have any any ideas? Um, this probably isn't very good, but I'm gonna try. Um, how about if we mix Indiana Jones with the Hellboy universe? Oh, that's pretty um, good. I like that. You take you take so, sort of the supernatural of the Indiana Jones world, which is relatively modest. But then you inject it with, like, the total wacky, crazy stuff. Turn it up to 11 with, like, a Hellboy kind of thing. Isn't um, that kind of what Crystal Skull did? It did. did they take it the did, Fantastic too far with that It movie? did Aliens and not Supernatural, and I think that there's a line in the sand there. I think it's totally different. Alien space stuff is different than the occult. Yeah, I, I think so, too. But it, it, it was... It did feel a little bit more out there for lack of a better term than the occult stuff 
and the religious stuff that we saw in the first three movies, even though, you know, depending on who you ask, the occult and religious stuff from the first three is more far-fetched than the aliens. Um, but what I'm saying is, you know, you have this government agency that that knows all about the supernatural and everything. Well, what if Indiana Jones was, like, privy to some of that shit back in the 30s when, like, all this stuff started really happening? That could have been cool. Like, picture a movie almost made by, like... Uh, Del Toro, who made the the two Hellboy movies, that could have been kind of neat. Indy and Hellboy ran into each other, both finding the Ark of the Covenant. Maybe that would be pretty cool. I like that. I like that call, man. Yeah. That's a good one. Nice job. Nice job. Sp- Paul, do you want to spin the wheel? We've all spun the wheel. Let's would spin you like it. that one? Let's you know? spin it. Right, Don't man. blow it this time, Ian. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that what I was doing? Uh, we gotta spin it again. We gotta spin it again. Spin it one more time. Here, here it comes. <laughs> what do we got? Uh, it's, uh, uh, hey, it's Justin's question. <laughs> if the afterlife is represented as a universe in novels or comics or films, um, which one would you want to go to? What what afterlife would you want to inhabit? Matt, what afterlife? Well, you know, I struggle with this one because uh, who who asked the question, Marvel or DC? Jody. Jody had at, right. Jody said, "Where would you rather live? Somewhere in Marvel or somewhere in DC?" That's a lot. That see, I think that's a lot different because. Jody's question is just where would you want to live? Okay. Right now. Okay. Like you get plucked out of here and you get dumped in Metropolis. Okay. But Justin's question is in the afterlife, once you're dead, I'm gonna go for heaven. So which which place would like be your heaven? What if it's Metropolis? Well that's fine. It can be. Right. You can get so saved by Superman every right. day. Not as different as you thought initially, then, is right. it? Right, right. I guess not. It, um... But I don't think you'd really pick Metropolis. Metropolis would be cool. It's a very futuristic city. I think that it would feel pretty cool. You always... get to see a lot of different stuff. A lot of different superheroes around right. that town. Right. Um... I think, um... I think a futuristic city would be the coolest, honestly. I don't want to go back in time. I don't want to have non-running water. I don't want to have non-electricity. I want the latest and greatest and most high-tech shit to make my life as like simple as possible. I'm going with the Jetsons. Whoa! Meet Matt Cassell. <laughs> <laughs> the Jetsons, I didn't see that coming whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, the technology is all there. I can have robots that clean up after me, which, trust me, I could use. Um, you know, I've got, like, robotic dogs. Is there a robotic dog in the Jetsons, or do they have a real dog? Real dog. Whatever. I'm having a fucking Astro. robot dog named Ash Hole. Oh. 
Isn't that like a joke in one of the Dumb and Dumbers? Like, oh, I got a dog. What's his name? Oh, butthole. <laughs> it, it could be a joke. Ian, did you hear the distinction while you were gone of living of Jody's question of where would you live, Marvel or DC now, compared to where would you live in the afterlife? No. What's the distinction? The afterlife. I I take that as being like once you die, you go to heaven. Hmm. And what would what? fictional locale would be your heaven. I don't take it that way at all, by the way. No? I think he was just setting up a scenario for you to vacate this reality that we currently know. But you get to pick where you go, so you get to pick your heaven. Yeah, or what do you expect the afterlife to be? I mean, do you really think you're going to heaven, Paul? Well. See, I've I've had questions about that question for a long time. You shouldn't question it. You shouldn't. I can can give it to you straight if you want. I don't know if you want it after the podcast or what. I don't think it's appropriate for the McSauce comic book podcast. (laughs) But it's some weird shit. You can't just say that. We're an entertainment show. Where the fuck do you think that we go? Well, no, my question specifically lies around heaven and the concept of heaven or hell. And if... You're good, you go to heaven. If you're bad, you go to hell. Let's do it. Because good and bad is a gray question. Like, that's... Who's good? Who's bad? So... Who's judging? I, I think you're missing the point a little bit, Ian. Basically, Paul is taking the question at face value as far as the, it being the afterlife. So, assuming we are going to heaven in the afterlife, what does our heaven look like? Right, but he is saying that he has a more interesting idea than is that what you, your your idea of heaven is a little different and you said you didn't want to get into it there's a whole lot of heaven that's what i'm stuff. saying but it, it has that sounds that, way yeah, it more interesting really have anything to do with the question at hand which is what fictional locale would be your heaven because why would we want to pick apocalypse to go to when we die right Right, I so don't think pick, anybody... Did, is that what right. you picked? So we'd pick the good places we like, like the Jetsons universe. Mm-hmm. Or, Ian? I would pick the universe, the Oasis from Ready Player One, the novel by Ernest Cline. Ready Player One is about a... It's a video game system that you can log into the Oasis and you can create um, a world a world that's based in the 80s. Um, you can use all different kinds of spaceships, all the fun stuff that we like to do here. But it's you're still playing a video game. So that's where I would want to go. Wow. The video game Oasis. Good answer. Yeah, I'm good sure. Answer. It seemed no, like. No, it is a good answer. I'm seeing, it seemed like I that's haven't, a good answer. I haven't read you guys the book. I don't know anything about it. I'm going to have to take your word for it. I would pick Sextillion from Brian, from Brian K. Vaughn's saga. Um, so then the answer for the question where you go when you die, you know the answer now, right? Hell. Yes. But Sextillion, sex planet. You get to fuck people, aliens, whatever you want. You get to put your dick in it. Sextillion. Awesome. Yeah, nothing, nothing else, buddy? You don't want to do other things? Nope. All right. 
Uh-huh. See, in, in Jetsonsville, I can have robots that look like real people doing that, whatever, whatever I want. Yeah, mine's kind of like that as well. I could create avatars of whoever the fuck. But then I could also do other things besides just boning. But, yeah, yeah. teach his own, you yeah. know. Whatevs. All right, let's uh, spin the wheel again. And and you want to spin the wheel this time? Why not? Let's spin it. Hey. Never mind. It seems like the wheel just cuts At off, the very and end. like it's weird I don't that know. it does that. We need to try to. Yeah, but it, it landed on Janine's question: choose your side in the Marvel Civil War. Captain America is on the side of no registration. Keep that government out of my superheroing. Tony Stark is on the side of registration. We need to know who the superpowered people are so that we don't have mishaps. Registration. Registration. All the way. People need to be accountable for their actions. You can't have a bunch of young bucks with superpowers going around accidentally blowing up schools full of kids. Registration. That's where I land all the time. I was pissed during the Civil War series that Tony Stark and Reed Richards were painted as such villains because the actual comic didn't leave any room for error or decision. Who was the good guy and who was the bad guy? Yeah, I think that Iron Man won Best Villain of the Year from IGN that year because he was a super villain. And I mean, it, it it makes complete sense. Like, everyone should be cataloged. Everyone should be organized. Not in a Nazi way, but... And that's where I don't trust the government to catalog and be fair and all that shit. You can't have people running around doing whatever they want. Non-registration. All the way. That's ridiculous. Those people's... Their families are put in jeopardy by them admitting who they are. Because that list is going to get out. Sony can't keep their movie schedule on lockdown. You think that the superhero registration thing's going to be safe? Police it's going to be all over the place. Police officers and military personnel are not secret identities. Right, and they're they're also in danger, but not at the level of a superhero. Even superheroes, people, they're, the oh, villains don't even know who they are, and sometimes they find out they throw your girlfriend off. Let's take off a bridge. Right. Well, let's take let's take it a step further. If you are Norman Osborn, mm-hmm. Spider-Man keeps getting up in your shit, messing up your business. Fuck, I keep running into this guy in New York. I'm Norman Osborn. I have billions of dollars to work with. And I'm a crazy psycho. I'm, I'm just going to blow up a fucking 20-mile radius out of Manhattan and hope I get him. So then, like, it doesn't matter. Everyone's in danger. Not just Mary Jane and Aunt May. But do you see why people would not want to put down who they are, put their secret identity down? It's a protection thing. It's a privacy thing. I don't see real-life police officers having a problem with it. They aren't the same as superheroes, dude. It's, it's different. They are as hero- more so heroic. But it's a different thing. 
So in this new in this this universe, then do do the, celebrities have a problem well, with people stalking so, them so and doing Peter, weird things once with their? Once Peter comes out and right. he says, "Hey, I'm Spider Man," then Mary Jane and Aunt May get moved into Avengers Tower, which is like the safest stronghold in the city. But you're taking. Peter Parker as one example. Like, that doesn't. Do you think that they can do that for all the superheroes? Because they can't. Captain, everybody Captain with has been out forever. Every, Iron Man's been out forever. Everybody with Thor doesn't have a secret identity. Everybody with power because Thor is a god. Everybody with powers isn't affiliated with the Avengers. Wouldn't have the luxury of being able to be sheltered. The all the X Men are constantly in danger because all of the X Men make their identities public. But if they get into right. a greater Which system... Which is why they're always in danger, because they're always public. The government, where everyone can come together and keep everyone safe, then it, it builds a better stronghold for everyone on the Because Because the, the government's fair. Because they'll make sure to take care of everybody. Well, if you're okay with Speedball blowing up a school of kids, that's fine. Those kids shouldn't have been playing in that. <laughs> playing during recess like that. Matt, what do you think? What do you think I think? I think you're on Ian's side. <clears throat> Why do you think that? Because you said so before we started recording. Let me tell you something. Sandy Hook. Um, we have gun registration, right? Yes, we do. And Sandy Hook still happened? Yes, we do. So there's still crazies out there that are going to like do bad things like blow up schools and shit like that. Why is it that only the uh, government can have secrets? Why can't I have a secret about who I masquerade as at night when I help people? Why can't that be a secret? Why is it only the government allowed to have a secret? And the argument... But the, 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 it's not a secret. <laughs> if you're part of the Superhuman Registration Act... Your identity is known to everyone. The government isn't keeping any secrets about that. They're keeping government secrets. What I'm saying is... The government's always going to keep government secrets. That's fine. I want a secret, too. I'm assuming... I'm playing this as I That's what makes you a liability. That's the same argument, which is, well, I can... It's okay. Everybody can see my stuff. I have nothing to hide. Well, that's in the current... You're, you're taking that at face value. Right now, currently isn't a problem for you to be doing things. But what if the laws change? What if something that you're currently doing becomes illegal? Or the current administration frowns upon that like and what? starts targeting you? Like, like anything. What if your browsing history becomes illegal? A superhero shit. No one's no. There's there's no well, fucking well, okay. internet porn registration. Well, 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 okay. No, I'm just saying. Like what? So what if what a if certain type of activity, certain type of heroic activity, you're saving a certain group of people or looking out for mutants, which are famously ridiculed and hated. What if the government doesn't like that? Just like Marvel, who's trying to push them aside for the Inhumans. It happens in their own comic books. You don't think that the government would do that to the mutants? I think they would. I don't care about the X-Men. Let's talk about real oh, oh, <laughs> Privileged Paul. I see. <laughs> spin the wheel again? Yeah, we have time for maybe one more. Okay, let's spin one more time. Paul, why don't you spin? Wait, you know what? Actually, here, I think I 
think I may have fixed the the wheel. The the whistling. The whistling. Is it wheel. okay? Here okay, we go. Here we go. a little extra grease on there. Sounds good, man. And... It comes first question. It landed on that. How about that? We just came full circle. Which real-life couple would you pay the most money to watch have sex? <sighs> I thought about this long and hard today. Long? A lot of different factors. A lot of different options and what I came down to and this may not be the popular vote because no one's gonna know who these people are so everyone get out Google images load up your IMDB and who no one's gonna know who this is no one not really I mean yeah you'll know Matt's not gonna know who either of these people are okay I would pay with the, the most money is that the question? The, the, yeah, I mean, yeah, the most yeah. money. <laughs> I would pay the most money to see, and this is just watching them have sex, right? This is not threesome. The question was the most to watch. It was watch. It All was right. not, this is not just a... Just making sure I have it right. That doesn't change my It's not a prostitution that is, that is, deal. That is the answer I accounted for. I would pay to watch Troy and Belisario... And her husband, Patrick J. Adams, have sex. Patrick J. Adams. Patrick he... J. Adams, Mike Ross of Suits on the mm. USA Network. I see, I see. My first thought was, well, Anna Paquin and Stephen Moore, clearly. You've but seen that, though. Exactly. I've seen that before. I don't think I'm going to see a fully nude sex scene with Troy and Belisario ever in my life. That's why she gets the nod. Filthy. But I like it. Right. Was it, it and it was a combination you watch suits too. So I do. Okay, so you're a fan. Good looking of, guy. Good fan guy. of his work. Okay. Great haircut this season. That's great. Matt, do you have an answer or would you like the <laughs> would you like the pass on this question? Uh, you can go and then I'll go last. Okay. Uh, I didn't think as long and, or as hard as you did. But really? My, my, you didn't? My answer just came like that. And I know exactly who. Was that really? Did you try to snap your fingers? I, I can't snap. That's as good as my that snap goes. That was gun. terrible. It was as limp as your handshake. That's as good as my snap gets. What if you Is that good? That, what if you get your fingers moist? No, I don't think that would help. Let's try. That's still shitty. I'm not a good snapper. Matt's got a good snapper. Not a good snapper, not a good whistler, not a good handshaker. No. Don't Is that do a those black thing? I don't Are know. Are they bad at snapping? I, I don't know. I can't speak for my peeps. I'd say that but they're you probably... But you bucked the trend at swimming. You're I did. You're an excellent swimmer. I'm an excellent swimmer. So maybe you're just a terrible snapper. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Bad snapper, bad whistler. So who do you want to see fucking? I want to see... And... They're not like I. Ha they're not necessarily a couple anymore, but I'm still holding out hope. <laughs> I want to see the new Dark Knight Ben Affleck in full Batman. Well, not full pantsless Batman regalia. 
have sex with America's sweetheart, Jennifer Garner, in Electra gear. It's good. Let's get because some. you're not gonna see that otherwise. No. Nope. Jennifer Garner, not gonna get naked. No. Nope. Ben Affleck, probably not gonna get naked. He showed his ding dong in Gone Girl. Did he show his ding dong? Like, yeah, like it was like a body flash, but body it, No, dude, it was his dick. If you pause the movie, uh, I think it's there. Well, that shouldn't. So I don't I understand why that's part of the equation. Oh, be, I'm never uh, going to see Ben Affleck well, naked. I'm well, going to pick this couple. Well, that's okay. Well, he's so I don't care if guy. I see Patrick J. Adams naked. It's not about that. No, and I really want to see Jennifer Garner have sex. And if she's got to have sex with somebody, why not? Why not Bruce Wayne? Right. I'm in. That's a great answer. Yeah, I knew that was going to be your answer. I, I know you knew. Because I thought about that too today. Yeah. <laughs> that was on the yeah, list. That's a good one, right? Yeah. I'd Matt? Like to, I'd like to see him grab those big ears. Uh, that would be great, right? So the question is, who would you pay the most to see? Uh, I wouldn't pay anything. Fuck you! Apparently, apparently he's never heard of a little website I like to call Pornhub. You can see as much as you want for free. Yes, I realize it doesn't have Jennifer Garner on it. Do you hear that, folks? That's the sound of the fun being sucked out of this podcast. Thank you, man. I will be be just fine if I don't see Jennifer Garner have sex. You don't have to. It can be anyone. (laughs) Right. It doesn't have to be Jennifer Garner. I love how Ian was like, you don't have to. He closed his eyes as he said it. Each I, his own. I just, I, the whole like celebrity sex tape thing, like, just doesn't. Appeal. Time out. Like, this isn't a tape in my brain. Like, I'm sitting there in the room. Yeah. Like, that does right. not appeal to me. You're Serious? fucking crazy. You're. We're we're on the same page, right? <laughs> Everyone heard that high five. Oh, I thought that was Ian. That was my fingers. snap. That's what that was Paul. To, that was Paul snap. That's what happens to Ian snap when he talks about Ben Affleck's dick. That's what happens to a snapper. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Okay. So yeah, I mean, the sex tape. Your imagination, sir. Sorry. Come on. <laughs> sex tape. They're gonna tape and mail it to me. <laughs> oh no! Instead, I'll sit like a total fucking creep in the corner jerking off. Well, I'm not gonna be in the corner jerking off. I'm gonna be on the side of the bed. Come on now. This is no seats. Oh. That's part of the question. They're gonna be into it. I paid for this, motherfucker. Patrick J. Adams <laughs> is gonna be like, "What do you want me to do next?" I'm gonna be Spielberg on that shit. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have a list. I'm like, all right, check this off, check that off. Now, now, Paul, what are you gonna pay for this? I'm gonna be like, Ian, bring that lighting over here. Would you pay $100? Infinite money! And 100, stop. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. Would you pay $100 to to do that? Fuck yes. Would you pay a thousand? For real? Fuck yeah. 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 Oh yeah. You guys are fucked up. Yes, we are. What? We had this talk. (laughs) Haven't you learned anything from convention season? (laughs) (laughs) So your answer is no one because you're a fucking party pooper. That's going to wrap up tonight's edition of the Cheely Wheelie. We had a lot of fun. I hope you, the listening audience, had a lot of fun. Properly horrified. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. 
Matt Casal. We'll see you next time. dollars are you a child <laughs> i don't know man like i mean i'd pay a hundred dollars for the girl at mickey d's to have sex in front of me